This is Continuum Drag, a weekly podcast where we watch sci-fi, fantasy, and everything in between. This week, Project UFO, Season 2, Episodes 12 and 13. Would you say he hallucinated, or was he simply lying? There is a third possibility, sir. And that is that he was telling the truth. (laughs) We're being invaded by flying saucers, beings from outer space. We're supposed to be responsible men, Mr. Ryan. Are you saying that you can honestly accept such an outlandish premise? We haven't accepted anything yet, sir. Or rejected anything. If Mr. Rollins saw something, it doesn't necessarily mean it was extraterrestrial. Welcome to Continuum Drag, the podcast that is ready and willing to do a cruise ship show. I'm Luke, here with my co-host Jordan. What's real, Jordan? Must be French, because boy, is this expensive. Remember that line? From the first episode. <laughs> how do we get uh, a show on a cruise ship, Jordan? How, we, we, they do them all the time. Like, how do we get one, though? Oh, how do we get one? Oh, that would be that would be a fun thing, wouldn't it? We just do a cruise every day. We do a new podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we would have to worry about uh, aliens and uh, werewolves and what else has been on the cruise ships in these shows. I was very excited that we were back on a cruise ship. I also immediately thought of Kolchak and that werewolf on a cruise ship. I was like, <laughs> oh, glad to be back. That was a much better episode, wasn't it? It was. I still think about that episode. It was impervious to everything. <laughs> and you know what? You know what was nice at the end of the episode? He wasn't like. Hey, that werewolf never existed. Uh, I don't know. You were you were uh, blinded by the sun, and you also had the chills. So clearly, that makes it seem like there was a werewolf. So, anyways, sorry for wasting your time. I believe the end of the Kolchak episode was we found no evidence. Kolchak, you're a liar. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, but we, as the viewer, we knew he was right, as he always did. He always knew Kolchak was right. He was always right, and uh, Vincenzo would never print the story, so no one found. It. <laughs> he was still he was still cashing those checks though. Like Kolchak, we need to print something. Anyways, we're not call- we're not talking about Kolchak though. We're talking about Project, uh, Project UFO. UFO, Jordan. Yeah. Uh, so before we get into it, do you want to do a little game? I do do want. I <laughs> I do do want to do a game. <laughs> oh, you do do. I do do want a game. Yeah. Well, I think we're going to recast Project UFO as a major motion picture for the mm-hmm. year 2023. It's going to come out next year. <laughs> I don't know my cast I, I'm not I'll, I'll say this now I'm not that confident I'll tell you why I picked a people but I'm not that confident I think you might have better picks already before I even know what they are Jordan I won't lie uh I was fairly uninspired by Project UFO so this is also a pretty perfunctory cast it's a good it's good to say that because it's not like the tone is so strong in this thing or the characters are so memorable or the content is so electrifying that it's it's a worry you could you can cast anyone and go yeah that's what it is now and I did that a little bit. We'll talk about it. But you're, you're right. Like, it's hard to get uh, a thrill out of this show, you know? <laughs> well, I'll tell you this one thing I know for sure. We're going to cast both Major Jack Gatlin and Captain Ben Ryan, who replaced him. Of course. And in my mind in this movie, Captain or Major Jack uh, Gatlin, he's killed early on. And then Captain, uh, Captain Ryan comes in later to, like, take over his shoes. I thought the exact same thing. The exact same thing, I thought. He just get killed at one point. Well, it's the only way to do it. Same page, same page. Yeah. So I, I, th- I have a feeling, I feeling you were gonna do some stunt casting. That's what I think out of this. But why don't we start? Do you want to start with uh, uh, Major Jake Gatlin then? Yes, yes. Our, our surprise death at the in the mid in the midpoint, or I guess maybe the first act. Well, I'm not sure. We haven't written it yet. Okay. I mean, now looking at things, what would have been like if this was a, a low budget movie, we would have cast like Bruce Willis, and he wouldn't have had any lines. You know what I mean? Because of his latter day career, sad or whatever. Very, it's very sad. It is sad, but I mean, like. He's still taking the checks. I would say my bit of somewhat stunt casting, but it's the real thought is charisma. I need someone who like gets in, you like, uh, you want to watch. Looks great in the trailer. It looks great in the trailer. It looks great in the poster. Does a lot with very little, and it's really just about the attitude. So I picked George Clooney. Oh, good choice. I thought we were going to say the same thing. No, a little bit older. I know it's a little bit older. Who did you pick? Your whole lead-in made me think you were going to say the exact same name I did. And what was that? Nicolas Cage. 
Oh, Nicolas Cage. I mean, I think you have the same idea if coming from a different angle. Yeah, yours is yours is a little more like high star power. Mine is a little more high madness. Yeah. So, well, here's what, why don't we do this? We're going to do something a little different, I think. Why don't we go through because it's such a short cast? Why don't we go through all of them and then see who goes well together? Sure, why not? Let's do that different. So let's know. So we have an option right now. It's either George Clooney or Nicolas Cage. <laughs> I think uh, uh, I think I've seen some movies where like they've they've cast things like this. We're like, did any of this make sense? Did it just get whoever's available? <laughs> well, next up we have, of course, Captain Ben Ryan. Yeah. So I went a little different. I went, who can kind of have that feeling of like, kind of southern charm and no, like, no, 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 no. Yeah, that's that's Harry Fitz, my friend. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I changed it up then. The person I went with Matt is Matt Damon. <laughs> oh, you want to get Matt Damon? I mean, that's. I think if you're going George Clooney to Matt Damon, I can see what kind of movie that is. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, there's a real, uh, there's a real monuments man, you know. <laughs> yeah, this truly is. You're really going for like big dad movie. Yeah, exactly. I wish that movie was better, by the way. <laughs> I wanted to like it more than I did. I was like, eh, it's okay. I went with a person who I don't know why, but he just popped in my head. But I was like, if Gatlin's gonna die. Who's gonna show up to replace him? For some reason in my mind, I was like, Jamie Foxx is coming in. Wow, Jamie Foxx. Interesting. Jamie Foxx. Okay, okay, so now we have two more options. We got Matt Damon or Jamie Foxx. Again, the person doing the casting, they're just throwing darts at a wall. Okay, I changed things up. So next we have, I say, Staff Sergeant Harry Fitz, right? Who's gonna come in? Yes, the Southern, the southern gentleman. Okay, so I changed things up because I thought, too many dudes, and who cares? It's Project Bayhem. It doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> may, maybe, maybe Harry Fitz is like a Harry's like a, a um, it's like a nickname or something. Do you know what I mean? Harriet. So, yeah. So I was like, I'm gonna change this, and instead, I'm gonna put Regina King. No, oh, interesting. That's a good choice. Yeah, it's a good actress. I also like that you called it Project Mayhem. <laughs> oh, Project Mayhem. <laughs> Did I really Project UFO? I'd be calling it Project Mayhem. I don't know why. You just love Fight Club so much. Yeah, yeah, that's why. Project. Oh, that's right. That's probably what it's from. Project Bayham. Yeah, it's Project UFO. Sorry, everyone. But Regina King, what do we think? She's great. I love Regina King. Yeah. I went the exact same direction as you. I had a Harriet Harry Fitz as well. Isn't that funny? Oh, man, we're so, in, we're so in tune. We're in tune. I did mine by looking up who are actors actually from the South who can do this accent naturally. Mm. And I came up with Dakota Fanning. Whoa, that's um. Yeah, oh, I'll tell you, it's real hard if I have George Clooney because the age difference is like seventy years. <laughs> well, he's, he's the superior officer, so I figured it was okay. That's true. That's true. Okay, so again, options are Regina King or Dakota Fanning. This is this is an interesting movie. So, next, I would say is Libby, right? Yes, Libby Verdun is her last name, apparently. Yeah. So Libby, I I was like, cool. I'm gonna gender swap it. It's not a great role. Who can I get who will like really? save a a sort of thankless role maybe we add a little something to it there's a little bit of backstory or something and i thought screw it woody harrelson (laughs) (laughs) right every time you just keep going back he's on the phone it's woody harrelson uh i mean i went the same way i also gender swapped it but i was thinking more along the lines of that uh, ghostbusters remake where they just uh they made the secretary a dude and he was just like there for like three seconds as a joke yeah yeah, that was a great movie. And I cast it with Seth Rogen. <laughs> oh, Seth Rogen. You know what? I, I have to tell you, I love that we have such uh, uh, a varied casting, but we have the exact same concept. You and I, It's been this has been one of our closest, if not for the actors. Our instincts <laughs> are the same. We just are yes. we're building two different movies. Yeah. Okay. So let's this this might tell it. So who's your director? And then we will figure out what this cast is because in the end the director is going to choose this so i'll tell you i really went with a swing he, he's coming back from europe he says we've had a good time you all now appreciate me a little bit more paul verhoven's coming in <laughs> come on now that's great you know it's gonna be great i haven't been canceled yet have i yeah has he been canceled oh no i'm not sure he seems like he's someone who would be but i'm not sure he has i don't know i think he still got it all I remember is that the anecdote from Starship Troopers was... I know that. All of them had a gr- the shower scene, the co-ed shower scene. And he's like, well, if I'm going to direct it, I also have to be an old nude man who directs <laughs> you. And I'm just like, I don't think anyone wanted that. 
<laughs> like, no, no, you don't have to. He's like, oh, he's taking his shirt off. <laughs> like I said, uh, I was a little unsure on what to do with Project UFO. It's a, it's a weird one. You're right. Totally yeah. difficult to nail down. A little uninspiring in some ways. And as I was just sitting there, I'm like, who do you, who does this? I don't know. And I was just like, you know who we need to bring back? You know who should come back and just find a way to fix Project UFO? There's only one person I can think of. John Waters. <laughs> no. <laughs> I just want to see what John Waters would do. What's he going to do? I don't know. I mean, it's an interesting choice. I mean, well, let's do this. Who, who are we going? I think we have to go with Paul Verhoeven. But if you really want a John Waters movie, we'll do it. <laughs> that's all right we can go with Verhoeven I just I was like I oh, need to bring a wild card in here it's the only thing that's going to save this movie <laughs> okay so it's a good it's a very interesting pick and I think it's the first time we've had John Waters uh, mentioned in one of these recasts okay so it's a Paul Verhoeven his name's right at the top people are like hey I liked um, I liked uh, Robocop and I liked Basic Instinct did he make Basic Instinct? yeah yeah well where did they go? so uh, yeah okay so Paul Verhoeven joint. We've got Major Jack Gatlin. I believe it was, hold on, it was uh, Nicholas Cage, Cage or George Clooney. Or George Clooney. What do you think? I mean, if it's a Paul Verhoeven, it's not a George Clooney. I agree. It's Nicholas Cage. Okay, so Nicholas Cage. It's in. This is already people. People will at least go. Sorry, what is this movie? I mean, I think it's gonna have a Gonzo tone. So yeah. Okay. So it's uh, Nicholas Cage starring in Paul Verhoeven's uh, Project UFO. And uh, Nicolas Cage is just there. He's stunt casting. He gets wild and then he gets killed. And uh, who's going to be playing Ben Ryan? We've got Matt Damon and Jamie uh, Fox. Your, Jamie Fox. What do we think? It's a tough one. I also I kind of think now like Jamie Fox now. To be yeah, honest, it's so hard to imagine Matt Damon like coming in after Nicolas Cage. That's I, that's what once once we did that once we picked Nicolas Cage. This is what I mean. It sort of starts falling in place. So I think it's got to be. Uh, Jamie Foxx, who's have to, who's gonna have to really hold his own on Ness now. For sure, I think he'll do a good job. Though. I think Paul Verhoeven and Jamie Foxx might be a nice mix. Okay, so Staff Sergeant Harry Fitz, who do we got? I like Regina King. It's a good choice. Okay, let's go Regina King. I mean, I don't hate Dakota Fanning. I think she'd do a great job. But Regina King's right. Who doesn't want to watch Regina King? Yeah, let's do it. Regina King. Regina. Regina. Regina, Regina sorry, King. I lived in Regina, so it's in my. It's I. I only pronounce it the Canadian way. <laughs> Okay, this movie's coming together. The poster, it, it's it's starting to form. And of course, we got Libby Verdun. Libby, where uh, we've gender swapped the secretary who's going to give them their like various calls in, and we had, I believe, Woody Harrelson or Seth Rogen. Yeah, what do we think? I kind of like Woody Harrelson. Still, I think it's the right choice for this movie. Like, I don't think Seth Rogen makes as much sense. Yeah, Woody Harrelson. That's great. I mean, honestly, if you if you heard this, like you saw it on. So, I don't know, Deadline or something, Hollywood Reporter. You'd be like, wow, this is, it's at least going to be wor- worth it to like check out the trailer. You're going to be like, yeah, that makes sense for Netflix. <laughs> I can see why Netflix <laughs> is making this. The algorithm really told them what to do. Yeah, it's going to be huge for three days. Exactly. And and I think that's it. That's the movie. That's it. I think it's a fine movie. I think it's the best you project UFO could hope for. Now, now do you think... It's like a redo of one of one of the episodes, like the basic idea, or do you think it's a wholly original new take on on uh, this UFO? Uh, wholly uh, original. I, Jake Gatlin's getting killed by aliens in the first twenty minutes. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I mean, maybe God forbid there'd be even the slight implication that maybe aliens exist. Oh, aliens exist for sure in this movie. <laughs> yeah, and they're gonna destroy the world. <laughs> It's, it takes place actually right after the episode where uh, we find out the aliens didn't come to Earth because they can't breathe air. And they said, <laughs> if we didn't fix it, they would, uh, they'd like punish us. And that's what happens. They've punished us. Give us that breathable air. Yeah. And so they come and they've got like, you know, the classic like, like glass dome uh, uh, helmets and stuff because they can't breathe air. It's great. They're like, we can't breathe this O2. We need O3. <laughs> exactly. Thanks for hoping. All right, Jordan. Well, that's a fun. That's a fun movie that we're not going to make. <laughs> I think so too. Should we get on to these episodes? Yeah, I guess they won't be as fun as that movie. That's true. Here's the IMDb summary for season two, episode twelve, citing four thousand twenty-six, the Atlantic Queen incident. Mm-hmm. Passengers and crew of the cruise ship Atlantic Queen have a close encounter with two UFOs. 
Captain Ryan and Staff Sergeant Fitz hits a ride with a Coast Guard helicopter to investigate their claims while they are still at sea. Yeah. And as we kind of hinted off the top, we're back on a 70s cruise ship. It's funny. I, I watched this um, episode, and I had someone uh, someone was over while I was watching, and so it was a weird experience to because I was like, uh, sorry, i got to watch a Project UFO. Uh, that's that's the behind scenes of a podcast. And uh, we were watching, so I got to see someone else watch a show, and it was a lot of like, what is this? And then, <laughs> and so I wrote down a couple notes that she was saying while we were watching it, and it just is amusing to me, um, just to see what, what it is like to just, if you like randomly turned on this, you know? And it was like, right off the bat, people were talking, and it was very quiet. I was just watching, taking notes, and then she just was like, what banter? I was like, yeah, it's not good. <laughs> They're just chatting back and forth, these people on this cruise ship. I believe yeah. how it starts is the the night shift on this cruise ship. They pick up some radar of a UFO, which we've seen before, which we'll see again. Radar signals of a, of a UFO out there. And as they look off the bow, they see a large glowing orb waiting for out them out there. And they're, mm-hmm. they're freaking out. They're like, we got to go wake up the captain. we got to go see what's going on. One of the, I believe um, one of the officers steps out, and what he sees is a UFO flying over. A UFO that looks, I, I believe, a lot like a little macaroon. Like a tasty little macaroon flying by? It's the most like a, like an actual flying saucer we've seen in a while. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere between a macaroon and maybe or a hamburger of a child mm-hmm. draw. Yeah. But I have to say, you know, we've talked about this multiple times. And there's one thing that this show does great. It's model work. They do Absolutely. great UFOs. Every week the UFO looks different. It's always really interesting. However, this is the first time I've, I can think of it. Maybe I'm wrong. Where they've done like a real post effect, which is... The way the door slid open, because we're going to see like this UFO and then it's like a door opens, but it was, it looked like, I don't know how, even how they did it in the film. They just like wiped like a spot open for the door to open. And I thought it looked terrible, <laughs> terrible. And I was like, oh, guys, no, like the model work is so good. This looks awful. This is their least inspired UFO, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, it's like it opens up. So we get this stupid looking door opening so that we can see like the silhouette of an alien. Yeah. Yeah. It's all glowing inside. And uh, a man on the uh, deck, an old comedian who we'll meet later, he looks up and he sees the alien standing in the doorway. And as the light shines down on him, the alien emerges. It's sort of like like kind of somehow jumps from the ship onto the deck yeah. of the thing. And he's this very odd looking silver alien. And uh, he runs into the ship. And that's kind of like the opening of the show is like an, an yeah. alien is on the cruise ship. Honestly, for, for a brief moment, I was excited because I was like, finally, we've never seen an alien properly on this show. This is going to be really hard to get around unless they do. I don't know the stupidest thing ever. So I was like, no, no, this is good. This might actually be an episode where, there's a little bit of mystery or a little bit of like suspense. And I thought, oh, this is great. And then I, while I was watching, I was like, this is Project UFO. There's no way. There's no way they're going to be able to, to pull off this balancing act. So just get ready. It's disappointing. <laughs> uh, of course. Aren't, weren't we you do... disappointed? Oh, well, of course. It's Project UFO. <laughs> yeah. I was so disappointed. Honestly, I was really excited with the UFO. And I was like, I even kind of like the look of it. I was like, this is interesting. Well, Jordan, we do at least get the new the new season two formula is we hop back to the headquarters of um, Project Blue Book and we get a little bit of character development for a second. Yeah, I guess it's like uh, uh, Harry's seasick. Yeah, Harry doesn't like to go on boats. That's it. And then and then I think I think the other guy is like, take some pills. And he's like, they don't work. He's like, too bad for you. Yeah, that was the point where, where Jamie was sitting with me and she's like. What banter? I was like, that's the best they got, you know? <laughs> that is the best they got. <laughs> what I did like is they're like, they're going to take a helicopter out to the cruise ship on its way back in so they can get there quickly and, you know, get the reports before it lands. And I thought they were like, I don't know what I expected, but I did not expect a helicopter to fly out there and then for them to rappel off the side of the helicopter. <laughs> and, the it took, and we watched we watched the whole thing. It's like the helicopter's there. They're like an orange jumpsuit. and They're like, you know, strapped in and they're slowly lowered to the ship. And, and it, we watch the whole, whoever it is first, Harry. And we watch it for like three minutes. And then we watch the next person go all the way down. I was like, guys, this takes so long. Now, here, I'm going to mention a weird thing. How long did it take, and maybe it's just me, how long did it take for you to understand what kind of boat this was? Because I didn't even really understand it was a cruise ship for the, the longest time. I was like, is this a military ship? Because everyone was in military uniforms. I know, understand now. They were just like, they're dressed up. It's like a, a classy cruise. But... They gave no indication there was anyone on board other than the crew 
for at least 20 minutes. And then at one point you're walking by a deck and there's like people having lunch. I was like, oh, this is a cruise? I had no idea. I knew it was a cruise when the old guy was on the deck and saw the alien because he was clearly not like a military guy or a... Ah, He was there having like a smoke and a drink and I'm like, oh, this is a cruise. (laughs) Okay, and let me just say, you have a comedian. Now, talk about his comedy and stuff we we see later. Um, It's not great. But like they do nothing with that. Don't you think there's an opportunity for something, something interesting? But it was just like, yeah, he's a comedian. For what reason? Eh. Everybody needs Eh. a job. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like he could have been anything. He could have been a magician. He could have been a plumber. He could have been uh, uh, a guitar player. He could have been an electrician. Doesn't really matter. It's Jordan, like, why how would we have wasted two and a half straight minutes midway through the show just watching him do his act? Well, that's why. That's why they did it. They're like, yeah, he's a comedian. The problem with that is there's multiple problems. But the main problem is you go, he's a comedian. So now the person writing the episode has to actually write jokes. And they have to write jokes that might have been performed in one of these comedy sets it's like well you're not gonna be able to write a joke and they can't i have a feeling those were the actual comedian's jokes oh do you think so do you think he's an actual comedian and those are his jokes well i can tell you he since he's the old man who witnessed the alien they go talk to him at some point his name's ollie hires on the show um and he's he's performing on the ship but they hired an actual comedian who was on a bunch oh. of stuff and he's known as a guy who has like a memory for like thousands of jokes like apparently he can just get up on stage and just like riff out like a completely new set at any time. He just remembered every street joke he's ever heard. Mm. Well, they're great. I'm glad he remembered them. <laughs> they're a lot. They're a lot of like, take my wife, please. You know, it's like that sort of stuff. No, they're not even that good. <laughs> they're not even that good. <laughs> anyway, they arrive on the ship and they meet with the captain. The captain, of course, was asleep during the incident. and He doesn't believe a word of it. In fact, the captain is quite convinced that the officer who's like reported the UFO sighting is trying to steal his job by concocting this story it's weird because there's almost something interesting here which is the i guess you'd call it the b plot kind of not really or at least the motivation for these characters is yeah he thinks there's other people are all out to get him it's sort of his character he's a little bit defensive yeah i guess he's getting a little bit older again i think there's something they could have played with here a little bit of aging as sort of a theme maybe there'd be something here again that's probably asking too much of of uh, project ufo I'm desperate to call it Project Mayhem, by the way. Um, Project UFO. But is like, is the job him captaining a cruise ship so good? Is that like something someone would be holding on to real hard? Is that a is that a post of of real pride for this guy? Because I just I was like, it seems like something that someone like in his position, someone who loved boats or being a captain or this authority, it feels like not a great gig to be the captain of a cruise ship am i wrong i think you're wrong i think it's a very good gig and i think it pays very well okay well there you go there you go i was just like i don't know if i buy this motivation that he thinks everyone's out to get him because of his plum gig but i was like i don't know is it that plum but maybe you're right i think i think actually cruise ship captain is a like or at least at some point was a very well-paying job Mm. well okay well then this guy's probably clearing 200 a year no oh absolutely really well, I mean, if you think about it, you're out at sea for long periods of time away from your family. You're a very specialized skill set. It's got to be. It's got to be big money. Hmm. Anyways, well, someone write in and let us know if it's uh, if it's big money being a cruise ship captain. <laughs> also, I think th- I like the thing that you don't like about this motivation is that, like, he's paranoid about someone stealing his job. The thing you don't mind about his story is that he thinks his officer is going to steal his job by reporting that he saw a UFO, like how is that going to cost the captain his job? Well, it, I mean, it doesn't. It matter. doesn't make any sense. If if anything is going to cost the officer his job for being crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's just because it's Project UFO. They needed something. That's all. It's just like, yeah, he's unreliable now. I mean, I think that is the case with almost every episode we've seen. Is that anytime anyone sees a UFO, everyone thinks that's going to somehow advance that person's career. Like they only would make it up or say they did it because it was going to be good for them. Like everyone is always convinced it's like, oh, you saw a UFO, good things are coming your way. It's true, isn't it? Which I think is insane because it's the opposite is true. You're you're right. If there's one thing that kind of um, holds all these episodes together is there is always that idea that the major reason people are lying is because, or would be lying is because it's good for them. You're right. That's very interesting. They're always just like, your career is going to take off now that you saw that UFO. And I'm like, what are you guys talking about? 
Yeah, I get the first I can remember is that one where the 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 dad was trying to convince his son-in-law to like really milk it, really work his way up in the military because he saw a UFO. It's wild stuff. Yeah. The captain, of course, he doubts the he doubts his officer. He also doubts the story of the comedian because the comedian's career is in the toilet. He's an alcoholic, and this uh, could be a way for him to get a lot of press. That's right. Yeah. But of course, the officer swears he saw it. Ollie, the comedian, swears he saw an alien. He even had a chance to talk to the alien there because he he's the alien, you know, stepped off the ship, stood in front of him. Mm-hmm. And one of the most bizarre moments of the ship is the alien stands in front of the comedian and the comedian proceeds to make a racist joke to him. What was the joke he made? Do you remember? The alien steps off and Ollie's like, oh, my God. He's like, no offense. Which is my favorite part is he starts the joke off by saying no offense and then is yeah. incredibly offensive. He's like, no offense. Once people get a look at you, there goes the neighborhood, if you know what I mean. Oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot about that. You're correct. And I was just like, ay ay ay. Luke, Luke, let's be fair. He said no offense. He said no offense. No offense. I know you're a person of color, but uh, we it, don't it, like it, you around here. It whitewashes everything. It just goes right over top. I wouldn't worry about it. <laughs> that alien was not offended. <laughs> he wasn't offended at all. He was like, you're right. Anyway, Project Blue Book starts looking into it. They do their usual investigation for physical evidence. All of it will become, like, explainable or, like, unimportant to the show later. And let me just say, the note I made about the alien, I forgot to mention this. Doesn't he look a lot like uh, the new crappy Klingons in, like, uh, what's the new Star Trek show? Discovery? Remember how they messed up Klingons? He looks a little bit like that, like a silvery version. I mean, he's very silvery. He looked like a gray, a little bit like a gray from the X-Files, but with just like uh, more of a rubber mask feel. Perhaps. Anyways, sorry, I just wanted to throw that in. <laughs> you, you need to get that in there real quick. I, I, haven't, I haven't crapped on Star Trek Discovery in, in quite some time. It's still a bad show, everyone. <laughs> it's still it's still stuck in that craw of yours. Yeah, it's still not good. Don't watch it. Well, I mean, watch it. I don't care. Watch it if you want it. You want to waste your time. <laughs> you go be watching Project UFO. <laughs> it's much better. <laughs> You're so mad. You're just telling people about this show is bad. You watch like 14 episodes of Project UFO. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's it's well. Project Blue Book's kind of looking into the evidence of everyone's report. They bump into another passenger. She's one of those classic tropes. Uh, an older woman who's very flirty and always dressed in pink for some reason. <laughs> yeah, and again. What is the trope? Is the trope like she's frivolous, she's silly, you don't shouldn't take her seriously? Is that the trope? I think a little bit of that. I, I mean, I think on this show in general, you don't take a woman seriously. It's the time period. But I think what it is is she's over a certain age. She's single. So everyone she meets, she, like she's always flirting with the Project UFO guys. Right. And, they're you know, it's just like, oh, you know her. And everyone always dismisses her as just like, eh, she's just an older lady. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, she's just there to kind of be like, uh, I don't even know what, like, what does she add to this? Well, she confirms the story of the alien because what she says is that night she heard commotion in the hallway, got left her birth, and when she went out, she literally bumped into the silver alien and caused her to faint because he, like, she came face to face with him running around the hallways. So she's able to Mm -hmm. confirm the alien on the ship, basically. Mm -hmm. Now, let me just say this. We don't have to explain because, don't worry, Project Blue Book boys are going to explain this to a t so everything will make sense but don't you think at this point the people on the ship knowing what we eventually know about the alien they'd be like oh here's what the alien is i mean yes when we find out a little tease for later we're not gonna tell you what it is yet once you find out why i everyone should have pieced this together instantaneously (laughs) that's right it's one of those things where like it's not that it's so dumb i mean it is dumb but it's just like well there was no mystery here immediately if you had this conversation they'd have been like oh i understand the the misunderstanding but here's probably the part i think this is the scene that probably got your high hopes the highest that this was going to be like oh it was an interesting web for them to wiggle their way out of because the project ufo guys project blue book guys they're walking around they're searching for basically where the alien went in the ship they're following sort of the path it took and they have their old uh radioactive meter with them geigo meter what they find is radioactivity coming out of uh, the cargo hold. They go down to the cargo hold and there's just radioactivity everywhere. And they ask the one of the ship's crewmen, they're like, what What do you store down here? And they're like, oh, we are transporting a bunch of radioactive isotopes as part of our, our cruise ship cargo. Which is that, would you do that? Would you just have cruise isotopes? I don't think so. It feels like like they're like, I don't know what's on cruises. Sure, they could do this too. It works in. And they go down and they find the isotopes. They're in these sort of like, you know, uh, lead containers. One of them's fallen over because I'll note, 
none of them are strapped down in any way, shape, or form. They're just sitting loose on the ground of this cruise ship. Yeah, this ship has real safety problems. And I, I, I don't know if we went over the scene or it's next, but they also, like, someone spills ammonia everywhere. And it's like, guys, this is, like, have some sort of quality control, you know? And the one that's fallen over has, has opened slightly. Now there's this question of just, like, did it just happen to tip over during just, like, the ship's waves? Or are the aliens here because of the radioactivity? Did they come down here? Did they open it? Like, that's sort of the mystery. And I think this is when it's at its high, like highest point where you're like, are we actually going to have an alien on the ship? That's when it feels like the most, like, this is maybe going to yeah. be, like, a real if, crazy episode. If you've never seen Project UFO before, you think, you're right, This we might actually see an alien. They see all this, they've seen all the evidence, and Captain Ryan, which I've started noticing now, every episode of Captain Ryan, at some point he seems to be like, there's something strange here, but I can't quite put my finger on it. And they're, they're, they can't quite suss out what that is. And they end up going uh, out, walking the ship, and someone invites them to dinner. And uh, as they're talking about what to do and what to do next, uh, Fitz starts like rambling on and on about how like he wishes they'd got to the cruise ship a day earlier. Because he heard that the other day they had a masquerade ball on the ship. And this is the thing that clues the captain into what's really happened. And before we get to it, because this is basically how he solves it. Is he hears masquerade ball and he's just like, of course. And you'd think the next thing would be them doing this. And they do do this. They, they have like an Agatha Christie style. They gather all the suspects yeah, and they tell yeah. them what happened. But before they do that, they go to dinner and we get to watch the comedian do his act for a bit. Yeah. And it's and it's it's not good. It's not good at all. I believe it's mostly about aliens, immigration, uh, the recession, <laughs> and American exceptionalism. Sorry, I'm taking it back. It was actually really good. It was so bizarre. I I've actually cut both of his comedy bits. I'm just going to put them on the on the social media accounts. I'm glad we all get to enjoy them because they're so bizarre. Anyway, let's cut. To, they go to the alien reveal party. They've gathered all the suspects around at this place, and Captain Ryan breaks it all down. He refutes every piece of evidence they had. He's just like, the radar signal. That was a sub that was nearby. A nuclear sub was nearby you, so you picked up on radar. Uh, the uh, physical and mechanical evidence is all due to ship's maintenance. Like, the phones went out because they were fixing them at that exact moment for some reason. Um, yeah. The, the glowing orb off the bow of the ship. Why, didn't you know it was foggy that night and the moon was quite low in the sky? You were just seeing the moon through the fog. Mm-hmm. And then uh, with the other UFO they saw flying by, they're like, yes, and that one? Why, I believe that was just seagulls in the moonlight. I'm like, okay, sure. Yeah. Well, it's, you know what? Here's what's interesting about it. They systematically, and this is something I think is more of a second season thing, which is they systematically go through each little bit that they've, um, like every every spinning plate, they've, they've gone through and said, this is because of this, this is because of this, this is because of this. But... You have to believe there's so many coincidences that it makes sense, but it's to the point where it's like, it, it just like it's like this is too much. These are too many coincidences. Like you, like I get two th- things happening, three things, but if every episode there's like seven things that somehow are happening at the same time, it's like I think you're just like trying to do an actual cover up, which is almost what this show could be. Couldn't it just be that Ryan's always doing a cover up? And he's like, yeah, guys, um, uh, uh, it's it's seagulls. Anyways, that's good enough, right? <laughs> it's like a it's like a men in black sort of thing anyways and of course they're like but what about the alien we all saw and as soon as yeah. they ask that the alien walks into the room jordan everyone's mm, screaming yeah. the alien walks in in person yeah they're like this you mean the alien costume that we've had the whole time that everyone knows about yes uh, sergeant fitz pulls off the mask he's like it's me uh turns out they rent this down in the uh, ship's costume shop and <laughs> on the night of the incident a man was going to go to the masquerade ball dressed in this alien costume, but he got too drunk. So instead of going to the masquerade ball, he just walked around the hallway for a while. Yeah, scary people. I never said, oh, you think I'm an alien? I'm not. I'm clearly wearing a costume. And you've seen it in the gift shop. He's very drunk. You don't understand. Yeah. So that was it. That, that's how they explain the alien. And honestly, everyone with the exception of Ollie the comedian, they're all like, oh, it all makes sense to us. We, we withdraw our alien claims. But... So they're all like, okay, case closed. And then they, they add this little button to be like, or is it? Well, this is this is the other part of the Project UFO formula, is you have to have a final scene in which you disprove or potentially disprove everything that's come before. Yeah, but I don't think it does. 
what what happens is a woman and her toddler who we've seen in the background of a few scenes much like those two uh rummies we saw in that other episode just hanging around in the background all the time yeah. they finally emerge and they talk to the project blue book guys and the woman says you know that night with the ufo my toddler says she saw it too i'm like okay cool <laughs> that was it and you're like oh okay wow now i know i don't know what to believe anymore this this four-year-old girl saw that alien too all right great <laughs> yeah end of episode the end stay tuned for matlock mrs colombo thank you very much. mrs colombo sorry yeah mrs colombo is next <laughs> kate mulgrow is mrs colombo <laughs> all right jordan here's the end to be summary for the next episode season two episode 13 citing 4025 the whitman tower incident you think we're looking at two separate incidents then? Oh, it's got to be, Harry. That radar blip was ten times the size a cargo chopper would cause. And no pilot in his right mind is going to fly ten miles off course in a 20-knot wind, carrying a thousand-pound cargo on a sling to play tag with a skyscraper. <laughs> no, sir. Our problem is that we assumed it was one object from the beginning. I think it's time we talk to Mr. Webster again. Captain Ryan and Staff Sergeant Fitz fly to California to investigate the sighting of a large UFO by several witnesses, including an air traffic controller. During the investigation, some witnesses claim to have seen alien beings in the craft. Yeah. And in some perfect synergy, this is the final episode. We've jumped now to the very last episode of season two. Mm-hmm. And in perfect synergy with the first episode of season one, we're back in L.A. Oh, yeah. I, it's funny. I didn't even pay attention to what city it was. Uh, all I know is uh, the Whitman Tower, this building... That's going to be the sort of main uh, area where the sighting happens. It looks terrible. You didn't like the Whitman Tower? I liked it a lot. <laughs> Did you? I hated it. I thought, like, I thought again, the UFOs look great. The tower, it looks stupid. It's like a miniature. They put these this fog around. I'm like, it looks dumb. I love it. I love it so much. Um, just like the first season episode of uh, season one, they literally reused the same set and same stock footage of a radar station picking up a UFO on the radar. That's right. That's exactly right. And uh, they notice it's around the Whitman Tower. And um, I, in my notes, I've written here, great miniature skyscraper. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it looked bad. It, it, it was the quality of like something you'd see in a, a toy commercial for selling an action figure. I loved it so much. <laughs> yeah. Well, d- different strokes. A family has just moved into the Whitman Towers, and they're unpacking their stuff, and they're they're going to watch a TV movie. They're making some popcorn, and uh, suddenly the signal to the TV cuts out. It gets all fuzzy, and when they look out their window, they see a really large UFO, maybe one of the best this show has ever built. It's it's a large orb surrounded by other little orbs on stems, basically. It's like a, this massive like UFO like yeah. floating outside their window. It's like a bean pod. I have a real question, though, Luke. So we find out the, the dad is looking for a pot because he's going to— melt some butter for his popcorn i have a very important question for you and everyone wants to know when you're making popcorn do you melt butter separately to pour over yes how else would you do it i don't know sometimes people like it's like you just have the like a pre-buttered oh yeah well i i I make my popcorn in a pot on the stove (laughs) i knew you did i just knew it i haven't had a microwave in a very long time no there you go there there, there's a little bit there's a little bit of uh info if someone is doing a trivia on you that's what they'd say. How does Luke make his popcorn? In a pan? In a microwave? See, he hasn't had a microwave in a long time. You, you frat air popper. That's right. Anyways, continue. So anyways, yes, the, the alien... <laughs> that was important. The alien ship is very like long with like bulbous orbs along it. Looks cool. And their neighbor in the next building, an old man in his bed, he happens to see that these neon red lasers seem to be shooting down from somewhere out his window. So he doesn't see the UFO. He sees these neon red lasers. The exact same effect from the Scoutmaster incident. That's right. The, they, it was blue, I think, in that episode. And this one's just red. It's like, it's, it looks like, like, kind of like flames, kind of? Yeah, exactly. Neon, neon laser flames. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then a little further away from the building, this man doesn't live in the Whitman Tower. He lives somewhere else. But a snobby publisher of literature, he witnesses a very different UFO flying by. Not the orb one, but this one seems to be a, like, it's it's an odd one with a saucer that has, like, a floating orb underneath it sort of flying over the bay of, I guess there's a bay in Los Angeles that's flying over. Yeah, it, and the, the what I wrote down was, it looks a little bit like a helicopter carrying something. Oh, what a surprise for later. Yeah. How, how are we going to explain this thing? What we have at the top is we have two or three sightings, all of them seeing three very different things this time. So we mm-hmm. then jump, of course, to Project Blue Buck headquarters, where we're going to get a little bit of character development, Jordan, as we know from the formula now. 
You know, it's funny. I don't even know if I wrote a note here. What was the character development in this scene? I think I might have fallen asleep. What we learn is that when Captain Ryan does his sit-ups in the office, oh yeah, he doesn't count. He just names all the presidents. That's right. And the joke is, he was like, "Well, he's doing is like, I was gonna like, like do the names of my ex-girlfriends, and then the other guy's like, but you couldn't get up to that number." I was like, "Well, well done, well done, everyone." (laughs) Is the joke the joke? He's not enough of a ladies' man because he can't think of two hundred women he was with. I was like, "That's too many women." Yeah, well, the the joke is, Fitz says, you couldn't think of 250, you couldn't count up to 250, and then the other guy says, why'd you step on my punchline? Yeah. Yeah. You didn't love it? You weren't laughing? No. No, I wasn't. Felt like a joke you would make at the office. <laughs> That's a joke I would make? Yeah, I'd have, I'd have them roll in the aisles. At any rate, they, they head to Los Angeles, of course, and they stop at that radar station. And it's very weird. But the radar guy's like, well, we can't show you the records because our computer doesn't take records of the things we see on radar. But it can do a complete simulation of what we saw. So would you like to see the simulation? I was like, it's, it's the same thing when uh, the, we heard what the alien sounded like. And then she's like, yeah, this is just a simulation, though. Our computer's so good it can simulate it, but it can't record anything. But here's the thing. You structurally none of these scenes really matter at this point because if you've seen this show multiple times you know they're just going to go from scene to scene to scene they'll get little bits of information then they'll go back to people who will expand on what they've seen a a lot but then they're just going to go through and at the very end they'll be like let me explain what all that was well and actually in this one scene when when sergeant wright sees the simulation he says one thing that actually will is the final conclusion of the episode He, he teases it when he says he saw the ufo blip but it didn't look very solid to him. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, and he knows a blip when he sees one. Yeah, he knows what's solid, and he knows what's not when a, on a little blip. <laughs> anyway, they head to the Whitman Tower. First, they meet with that old man who saw the red lasers. Um, and he turns out to be a creep who will only receive people in his bedroom. Yeah, I think they just wanted him to be... I think you said earlier, snobby. I think that's what they're trying to have, but I... I don't know. He just, he's like unpleasant for no real reason. No, no. The other guy is snobby. This guy's just like a weirdo. He's just like, I believe he says he's like, didn't oh, your American you're... Mark Twain only receive men in his bedroom? I was like, what are you Sorry. talking about? You're, you're right. I'm, I did, I forgot we went to the guy. He's like, he, he's like an old dude who lays in bed, uh, like he's, uh, uh, Charlie, Charlie and, uh, Willy Wonka is like his grandparents and he wears sunglasses in bed too. That's the creepiest part. Very odd. And he basically says, I saw these lasers, but you got to talk to my neighbors because I think they saw something real scary. So I went over to knock on their door. They were real freaked out. And of yeah. course, they head next door to talk to the family. The family's pretty unwelcome to them, but they agree to talk. Like, they're pretty like, like oh, we don't want to talk about it. And they're like, well, they're you talk cold. to us. And they come in. It's very funny. The, the husband invites them in and the wife's just like, I thought we agreed not to talk about this. And the husband turns to her and says, I'll make those decisions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm like it's yeah. the 70s all right you you get no yeah. say in the matter <laughs> things were easier then you know <laughs> mm, depends who you are <laughs> that's right anyway they recount their story in a flashback and of course we see the orby ufo again it's floating outside their window they're like it's the it's the couple it's their little daughter they're seeing it happen but this time they say the alien ship opened up and they saw the aliens inside and I was blown away by these aliens. <laughs> yeah. So the aliens are humanoid, um, but what they basically have is horse-like heads. And again, I actually thought it looked pretty good. Like they're they're sort of like stylized horse heads. Like they're a little bit uh, angular and a little bit flat. And I thought it looked really good. But well, the part I like though is the the window or door, or whatever it is, opens up. You see two of them, these horse-like aliens, staring at the people. And they're like, ah, oh, we can't believe it. And then and then the window just closes again. I, and I like the thought of the horse aliens were just like, meh, kind of bored. The alien the horse aliens do actually look at each other like, huh, what about that? <laughs> so close. <laughs> they just close the door. <laughs> you forgot the alien costumes, Jordan. They're also oh, wearing very right. cool medallions. <laughs> that's right. They're wearing medallions. Similar to uh, when we had those uh, fake guys from Venus. Oh, yes, that's right. You were obsessed with their medallions as well. <laughs> that's, that's how you know it's an alien. They wear medallions around their neck. 
Uh, after getting this witness statement, uh, Project Blue Book heads off to meet the last guy, the the snobby literature uh, publisher. He's also mm-hmm. pretty ornery with them because he suspects they're going to cover it up, and he he really wants to get his story published, but he also wants to get paid for it, and no one's willing to pay him, so he hasn't sold the story yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he also says he's like saw it out the window in the bay around the same time I lost reception on my TV, so there's you know some connection to the TV signal, which sends the Project Blue Book boys out to a, a cable TV transmission tower to investigate the cable TV disturbance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that. That was that's what the the large tower is as a cable TV thing, right? Yes, yes, it's for everyone cable TV, but this is, I guess a transmission transmission tower where like the transmission comes in and then they go out on cable. I guess is the idea. And um, the guys working there agree that they had some issues last night and that something might be caught in the antenna. But they at this point, Project Blue Book doesn't look into it any further. They kind of leave and they're like, "Let's go. Let's let's not look any further than this tower yet. We need to save that for later in this episode." Mm-hmm. But for some reason, let's take that family out to lunch at a diner. Yeah, I I don't know I don't know why the the Project Blue Book guys they have some uh, real uh, expense account because they're constantly eating they're always beating people up for lunch they literally just left them they're like we'll take them out to dinner and the reason this is there is because when they meet them at the diner the family is less irritable now which is a clue I guess and the other reason is as soon as the family leaves they pick up the newspaper and see that the I guess the snobby publisher got his story published. And within the story, there's a little side note that says uh, some people at a bar said a crazy guy came in and also said he saw a UFO. So they're like, well, let's head to that bar and see if we can find this other this other witness. Uh, they do that by looking at credit card receipts till they find the man's name, I guess. Yeah. And it's like kind of played for laughs. It's basically like he didn't know the bartender doesn't know who he is. But he's like, you can go through all the receipts. And they're like, this will take forever. That's that's the joke. But the point is they find the guy. That's the joke, except that uh, they're like, this is going to take forever. And uh, Captain Ryan's like, well, that's your job, Sergeant Fitz. And he just walks away and you're like, okay, I guess Fitz is just going to do this. Yeah. But then he was like, I got lucky. Later in the scene, they're like, uh, don't worry. It was fast. I got lucky. You're like, okay, none of this is important, guys. So let's just meet this guy. I for a second thought that Captain Ryan was going to go do his own thing and we're going to follow him for a bit. But you're right. We literally cut scenes. Captain Ryan's yeah. sitting on a patio drinking coffee somewhere. And Fitz walks in. He's like, I found the guy. I'm like, so it was Ryan doing this whole time. Just drinking coffee. <laughs> Just having a coffee. Anyway, the guy who saw it, they dragged down. He's a traveling salesman. He says he saw the exact same UFO as the publisher, the one with the orb underneath that uh, may or may not have looked like a helicopter. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he's like, it flew over the bay for sure. It. It, it happened, so they're like, all right, well, let's go talk to the harbor master. They go talk to the harbor master, and the harbor master is like, oh, that night? That was a weird night. We had a ship in the harbor. It slipped its rudder. So we had to hire a helicopter to fly a piece of equipment that's a big orb out there to drop it off. And so the thing that you saw that looked like a helicopter carrying an orb, why, that was just the machine with the rudder puller. Yeah, it was a helicopter carrying an orb. You're like, oh, okay. And it's very funny. When you do see the flashbacks, it does look very much... They've kind of, like, they've they've tweaked the helicopter to look a little silvery. But it does, once you look at it, it very much look like a helicopter. Yeah. Yeah. It's the most... It's it's the, uh, At least of all the alien ships I've seen, it was the one where I was like, yeah, I can kind of tell what where this is going. Now, don't worry. We still have other things. And the, the like, bean pod-esque sort of, like, orb thing that they see out the window. I'm just saying... What a crock. <laughs> I will say my favorite part of this Tar Harbor master talking about they're like, yeah, we had a helicopter brought this thing up there. And the, uh, the salesman's like, but what about the fact that I saw the UFO go up straight in the air so quickly? And he's just like, oh, yeah, well, the uh, piece of equipment it was carrying, the cable snapped and uh, basically spun the helicopter off. It went the equipment went straight through the ship. Helicopter flew off into the sky. It was it was got full torque. Everybody's dead. <laughs> I was like, whoa, what an yeah. ending to the story. Yeah, he's like, he's like, he's like, oh yeah, everyone died by the way. Uh, anyway, so you guys want to go get lunch? Yeah, it sounded like there was actually a huge disaster that night. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you guys didn't hear about it in the paper, huh? We go from this, and they're like, apropos to nothing, let's go back and recheck that television transmission tower because they did say something might be caught in it that was, mm-hmm. was causing problems with the signal. And we get, and I'm not joking, I went back and counted it. We get over two minutes of watching a man climb a tower with no one talking. Yeah, it was, I tell you, this show, you, you, it's almost like every episode they're like, guys, we're short. The, the exhilarating thrill the audience is getting of watching this guy slowly and, and rather safely climb this tower is worth it. 
It was crazy. And it, it turns out it's Fitz who's climbing. I didn't realize that till late in the two-minute like montage of yeah. him climbing. Um, he gets up there, though, and what he finds is something silver caught in the tower. They bring it down, and they're like, hmm, this looks odd. And they track it down to a novelty company that sells silver balloons. And the man who runs the company explains, oh, well, you see... I tied a bunch of these silver balloons together to make it look sort of like a used car, and we were going to float it at a used car lot as promotion, but it got real windy, and our balloon display blew away. Our silver balloon display blew away. Yeah. And you would think that would answer all the questions. You're like, okay, what they saw was silver balloons. But that's not quite what happens. There's a weird thing where they go talk to the old man in his bed, who still won't get out of his bed and is still a creep. But they explain yeah. to him, he's like, what you probably saw, those lasers, those red lasers are probably just reflections of the airplane hazard lights on the top of the building, like, reflecting off of these balloons. And I'm like, okay, he's convinced. He's like, well, it makes sense to me. Great. Problem solved. And I'm like, well, now they're going to walk across the hall and tell these other people this. But they don't. They leave the building and they go have another <laughs> dinner. But this time they yeah. decide they're going to have a dinner at the top of like a restaurant on a big tower, like at the top of a, like a, I guess maybe, you know, you have it at the top of a tower. I don't know. These restaurants exist, right? I, I've never been. Yeah, to it's, 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 it's a, a restaurant that's high up. So you have a, a view of the city. And as they're eating dinner, Captain Ryan's just like, there's something still wrong and I can't put my finger on it. This was insane, Luke. This was insane. And at the exact moment he says that, they look over, and there's a woman, like, looking off the side of the, out the window down at the city, and she's frozen. Her husband's screaming. He's like, she won't move. She won't move. So Project UFO run over and, like, pull her away from the window. And when they do, she's just like, oh, I don't remember what happened. I must have been having a panic attack or something from looking off the side of the building. Yeah. And you're like, what? And then and then Ryan's like, that gives me an idea. He's like, this solves the whole, the whole mystery. Yeah. Solved. It's so bad. You're right when you said Agatha Christie, because this has like a slight kind of uh, a tone to that, but not nearly as good. So it's like it's that sort of like at the end, like, let's wrap this all together. All these disparate characters with different motivations, except it has none of that. And anyway, they go back to the family. They explain that like what you saw outside was balloons. And when you saw them, your little daughter, she's like. Daddy is that from this planet, and that implanted an idea into your head because you've been living in this building for a very short period of time, and uh, you haven't adjusted to the heights, so you still have some agoraphobia, which was uh, caused you to have a mass hallucination amongst your family, and um, basically imagine this whole thing like an idea was planted in your head, your fear of heights as a family caused a mass hallucination, so this is what happened. And here's one thing I liked: everybody gets the explanation in this episode. And they're all like, oh, makes sense. Like, everybody accepts the explanation. This is the first time I think I've ever seen an episode of the show where everyone agrees. It's just like, oh, that explains it. But, like, let's say this. Luke, let's say you and I, we're in an apartment. We look out the window. We both see an alien. And not only do we see the alien, we see, we see, like, not the alien ship. We actually see aliens. And they're like, oh, you guys had a mass hysteria and uh, you were scared of heights and thus you had a panic attack, all this stuff. I'd be like... No, I saw what I saw. Jordan, but your daughter's yeah, hugging the walls when she walks to the apartment. She's clearly afraid of heights. Yeah, although I didn't get that from any of the performance from the, the little girl. They had to tell you that. I was like, is that what she was doing? She was hugging the walls. I thought she was just shy. <laughs> what about the fact that the husband's fingers are a little stiff from him holding his fists so tight all the time from the heights he's scared of? It's <sighs> so dumb. And then the big reveal at the end, they get to, to show, as you're saying, that they're like, yeah, it makes all sense to us. The dad's like, I guess the reason we thought they look like horses is because of this. And he pulls a picture off the wall and it's a picture of a horse. Well, he's, they've had this, they've covered up the picture of the horse. It's under a sheet. And they're like, and he says, I guess that explains why we covered up our picture of a horse. We were so freaked out by it, but we couldn't figure out why. <laughs> I'm just like, you couldn't figure out why you were freaked out by painting of a horse after you saw those horse head aliens. Yeah. So it was all it was all just like the hallucination caused by fear of heights because they moved into a building before and they clearly uh, if they were a family that were scared of heights they would have moved into like the 75th story of a building you know And here's the thing Jordan I know it's not a good episode by any means but at this it's point not. in the episode I was just like I do like this is the first episode of Project Blue Book where we've come to the end and they've literally explained everything there's no there's no even question like this is not a true unknown this is a solved case this is the first solved case of project ufo yeah. we've seen is it and then they do the final scene yeah and a man at the tv transmission tower is climbing up there to look for more junk caught in it 
and he finds a medallion with a horse's head and alien language on it. And I'm like, what am I supposed to get out of this? There's real horse <laughs> yeah. aliens. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that's the thing. But the, the problem is, I know what they're, and you do too. You know what they're doing. They're trying to be like, okay, we're going to debunk this because in the real world, we've never had a, like, sort of approved, government approved, um, uh, uh, universally agreed on UFO sighting or a first encounter. So they can't do that because they want to keep this based on the files. But they're like, okay, we'll, we'll give both sides the argument. But they don't really. Do you know what I mean? It's not like they go, we're going to do the whole episode debunking things. And then the very end, we'll give you a little tease. It's like, well, it's not weighted enough. So it doesn't matter. It's just annoying at the end of the episode because you've just debunked well, it all. Well, this one in particular, because the whole thing was solved. Like, it was accurately yeah. solved with a perfectly decent explanation. And then at the end, they're like... Well, it wasn't a decent explanation, but it was solved. I'll and disagree with that. Like, but maybe there's a horse at alien. I'm like, what do you mean? You've solved it. There's no horse at alien. <laughs> no. It was. You no, know, you know what? It's funny. We, we saw a slightly different because I thought the a- explanation was so outlandish and so stupid and you'd have to make so many mental leaps of logic to get where they're going. I'm like, no, no, there was horse aliens. Oh, so you believe it's true. You believe this medallion yeah. the second you saw it. You're like, proves my theory. It proves my theory because it's better than there happened to be a helicopter flying and there was balloons and then they had mass hysteria because they saw a picture of a horse while they were clutching the end of their banister. Like, give me a break. <laughs> give me a break, Project Blue Book. <laughs> i hated it what a way to end end with a whimper that was the final episode of project ufo yeah yeah what do you think i think project blue book's a better title for a show too isn't it i think so but not probably not in the 70s it wouldn't tell you what the show is about yeah you're right that's why they made project blue book i think for three years ago <laughs> right right history yeah. channel if i'm not mistaken but don't you don't you think that like i think overall my my big feeling of the show is that I just think they take the fun out of things. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think I think that's what you like about these sort of alien shows. There's a little bit of like, maybe there is an alien, whether whether you believe it or not. It's just kind of fun. And this show is just like, now nah, let's take all the mysteriousness and uncertainty and let's just take it away. Isn't that more fun? Isn't I mean, it more fun to watch people do their taxes? That's how I feel about this show. That's not really the case. Like, usually they try to keep that mystery and certainty in there, but it just it's not very satisfying because they can never they can never have a case where like we think there really is an alien they always have to have a case where they're like well we can never know we'll see but that's the thing but again they don't weight it properly it's not that we can never know they solve it and then at the very end they add a little button where they go but maybe not and you're like but no you just you solved it you can't do that at the end i think most episodes they don't solve it though. most episodes are true mm. unknowns they're always a true unknown i just think i don't know it's, it's just a show that could have used a little bit of mysteriousness or a little bit i don't just just something just leave the leave the audience guessing a little bit don't always just be like balloons i think they were just yeah i think you're right and they're hamstrung by the fact they chose to be like this is real this is real government things right and by doing that they can never like here's an incident where we like almost solved or we really our main characters really saw an alien they always have to be like we never saw anything we just got here we mostly disproved it or we can't disprove it and then, like you say, they have to have their cake and eat it too by always having an ending where they're like, could have happened. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it almost feels like uh, uh, the people that made the show, and I, this is a, maybe a weird comment to make, don't believe in aliens and f- find that idea silly. That's what it almost feels like. It almost feels like a show where they're like, if you like, if you believe in aliens, you're kind of dumb. Like, I don't think that's exactly what it is, but... It's I don't like I don't think this is mean spirited, but it's almost the the sense I get from it was just like yeah, that'd be dumb. I don't think that's the case either because everyone who sees an alien in this show is going to get a real head start in their career. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean that's what I did. Yeah, yeah, that's how you got where you are. You saw that you. Have... <laughs> that's how we started this podcast. Remember? <laughs> no, I don't remember. I don't believe it actually happened. Yeah, well, it's because you you had uh, you were paralyzed at a window. I had to pull your hands off. You, Jordan, just have agoraphobia, and you. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, well, well, we, we got to the end. Um, I think we should um, review these, give these, uh, give these our old scores, and see see how high they are. You know. You think we should? I think so. We've <laughs> done it before. <laughs> All right, Jordan. What do you want to give? Citing four twenty six, Atlantic Queen incident four thousand twenty six. You know, the thing about the show is, like, I, I feel like I'm really ragging on it. And look, it's not a good show. 
It's not terrible, though, and it's not like it's a bad time watching it. It just is a kind of pointless time. And I know you could say that about anything watching TV, but you're at the, I always feel like at the end I'm like, eh, okay, thanks, thanks, guys. But it's not like it's so bad or the characters are so repulsive or it's so offensive or anything like that. Like, we watched worse. I just think it's like a, bleh, 4 to 10. Fair enough, fair enough. The old Atlantic Queen. I think you're right. It's... It's just an odd show in that, like, every episode just ends up being very unsatisfying. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it. It's, very, it's a very unsatisfying show. It's a yeah. weird way to spend an hour just be like, to just leave yeah. this, like, pretty unsatisfying. <laughs> yeah. I also agree, though. I didn't hate this episode. It's kind of fun. It has some fun moments. It's the weakest UFO stuff. And, like, I, it is funny watching the man walking out of costume and be like, did you all forget about the masquerade ball two days ago yeah. uh, i'm gonna give it 3.5 yeah see i would have given it a five except for that alien reveal at the end i was like you lose a point for that guys tisk, <laughs> tisk. that was bad it made me laugh all right jordan and the final episode episode 13 the last episode that ever aired of project ufo citing 425 the 4025 the whitman tower incident uh maybe my least favorite episode weirdly um, I just, I hated the explanation so much. I don't know why it bothered me to the degree it did. I just, I just, I didn't like it. I didn't like anything about this. 2.5. 2.5. Yeah. It's funny. You and I feel very different. I actually, this is one of the ones I liked more than all of them because I at is least. Is that right? I liked that it had a conclusion when these shows usually don't. If anything, I was really mad when they showed that horse medallion where I'm just like, no, just like have one so, where you guys solve it. So you like when it has an explanation that doesn't really make sense? So like, yeah, you pooped yourself. That's why you, uh, you well, saw none, an alien. None of the explanations ever make any sense. I don't, doesn't, that doesn't bother me because that's every episode mm. of the show. I don't know. I felt, I felt these were further. I was just happy there was an episode where there wasn't like true unknown. I'm just like, I'm like, thank good. Good solve one. It at least adds some <laughs> variety. Yeah. But, but don't you think though, by solving it in the dumbest way possible, doesn't that, doesn't that. No, that I bought the whole thing. Diminish it made your also, enjoyment. It made sense to me. Hmm. Okay. Five. I'm giving it a five. Oh, really? You'd have been one of the people that you're like, yeah, that makes sense. I just said, get out of my house. You're a real Ollie Hires. You're really o- a real Ollie Hires. You won't accept anything. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. You're trying to get your career back together, but you're drunk, Jordan. It's never going to happen. <laughs> well, Jordan, now that we've uh, watched them all, I bet you're pretty mm-hmm. curious what our final rating for this is. <laughs> I am, and it's it's interesting because again, this is the first time we've we've watched a show that's had multiple seasons, had two seasons, and we've kind of picked and choose episodes. So it is a real uh, smorgasbord of episodes. So I am I am curious. I have a feeling it's actually probably not that low because I think we were pretty forgiving at the beginning. So I'm gonna guess it's like a. I don't think we would have uh, uh, parachuted. What do we call it? You don't remember anything we do on the show, do you? No. What do we call it? We uh we eject. We oh the escape pod. We take the escape pod. I know what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think we would have. I think this could be like a five and a half. Is it four point nine one? Four point nine one. It's a little lower than I thought. Yeah. I mean, it just it would have just fallen to escape pod levels. Yeah. Is that last two point five I gave? And since you bring it up, Jordan, what do you think? How do you like this new format where we just kind of like watch the top three episodes and the, the top and end, the season finale, season season premiere, and the top three episodes of the season? How are you feeling about this new format? I, I think it's interesting. I think it will be more complicated uh, when if we have a serialized show. This show is, is not serialized at all other than their characters you watch every week, um, which is not serialized. Um, <laughs> so I think it... Yeah, I don't know why I said that. Uh, it's uh, I think it, I think it worked well. I think it gave a good idea of the show. And interesting, this show they made some changes. Like we, you know, we mentioned the one character changed to a different character. Didn't really adjust the show. They changed slightly how they investigated. Didn't really change anything. They changed the opening, but for for all intents and purposes, these were the same episodes week after week. So it was interesting to to get a to get a peek of it. What, how do you feel? Yeah, I think it worked well for Project UFO. I think I watched as much Project UFO as I cared. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I'll, I, I probably could have gone an episode less. <laughs> I didn't need to see that horse episode. You wanted to see that. You do, you wanted to give up when they uh, when they went out on that speed racing episode in the in the desert. No, no. The the real turning point for me was when the guy came out and said, 
I was, uh, they had an alien costume hanging up the whole time. I was like, okay, guys, you're really, you're really just doing it now. You stood up, you punched the person you were watching it with, and you stormed out of the room. <laughs> nope, I did not do that. <laughs> I, I very, I very quietly, uh, I just was like, Ugh. that's what I do. <laughs> Well, uh, that wraps up for Project UFO. So we'll be moving on to something new in a, in a couple of weeks. We'll see something, some new multi-season thing. See if the formula mm. works worse, our new format works worse than that. But it worked perfect yeah. for this, I think. In the meantime, you, of course, can uh, do a little new thing we're doing. Bonus episodes for charity. Go to our website. Check out our social media. We have links to it there. I'm not going to explain it again. You've heard it, you've heard it too much already during this uh, Project UFO period. But check out uh, our website. Uh, podcasts what did i call it bonus episodes for charity uh, yeah that, are, are, you, are you a space rangers fan did you wish we watched more episodes of space rangers now's your chance jordan we watched all space rangers did we <laughs> what about threshold hey threshold that is true there's more threshold to be done yeah remember that show remember the only thing i remember from threshold is uh remember there was one point where there was uh lettuce with teeth no that was a good episode <laughs> that's all i remember from that show peter dinklage fighting that lettuce with teeth yeah, that's it. And Data was there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's watch more Threshold. <laughs> Carlo Gugino shows up. She's like, how about this sweater? <laughs> and, of course, on Instagram and Twitter, you can uh, see clips from this show. Uh, we'll have them up. Oh, there will be Facebook, too. Um, what else do I need to say? Gmail. Email us at Gmail. You know how to do it. Yeah, you know how to do it. And then you listen to the podcast and uh, email Luke and, and talk to him about how he makes popcorn. Yeah, that's number one. <laughs> number one, the concern. <laughs> uh, but that wraps up for this episode. So, uh, listener, thank you for joining us on this Project UFO adventure. And, Jordan, I'll see you next week. I'll see you then. Continuum Drag is recorded in Toronto, Ontario, and Seoul, South Korea. Theme music by James Rick Seedler. Produced by Jordan Dalek and Luke Black. Special thanks to Aaron Younes.